Okay, so Molly is on some new shit and I am obsessed with the growth. Was Nathan wrong for being on that Casper shit again? And Issa, Issa, Issa. Woo, Chile. This breakdown. Oh, Miss Mamas. Oh, Miss Mamas. We got to talk. But we'll discuss that and much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. But before we start, I have one question. Did all my invisible niggas go to heaven? Did all my invisible niggas go to heaven? All right. Let's start the show. <laughs> what up? Welcome back to another episode of He Got Y'all, an insecure after show where we discuss plots, predictions, and much more. I'm your host, Malcolm Smith. Thanks for joining the kid today. So listen, we're going to jump right in, not waste any time. Last night, we got episode two of Insecure, season five, titled Growth. Okay. Directed by Mo Marable and written by Phil Augusta Jackson. So, you know how we do around here every episode or every week, we start with the episode rating. I'm going to give it an eight. You know, the funny thing is about doing this show now is like, um, I, <laughs> this is when I try to talk in code, but I can't really talk in code in podcast world because, you know, people be knowing things. Um, but I've been hesitant about the ratings that I've been giving out because, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, you know, we got people from the show coming on soon. I'm like, well, I don't want to be dragging the show. But I think the girls understand. You know, I think I think they get it. Like, every episode is not going to be a 10. And that's okay because, you know, we go high and low, high and low. Is your closet filled with uh, Gucci and Prada and Givenchy? No. There's some cute shirts from Target, and you wear those with the Louboutins. So there we go. High, low. All right. So <laughs> this week's episode rating is an 8. Uh, an 8 mainly because it started off solid but I feel like we we know how crazy Insecure can get, and this episode was not that wild. So, you know, it's just a smooth eight. But that's where we are for this week. All right, so let's get into some motherfucking flowers. Flowers this week going out too. And it's funny that she has been in the back of my mind for the last couple of weeks. So the fact that she was on the wind down last night was just so perfect. But it is the costume designer, Shiona Torini. Now, we're going to get into Shiona a little bit more later in the episode where we talk about the whole fashion show that happened. But Shiona has just been turning the looks for the girls. A uh, highlight for me, uh, really two looks. There was one look that Issa had on when she was in the barbershop with Nathan, like that brown, it was like a light brown, dark brown moment where I was like, this is very cute. First of all, legs for days. I mean, we know Issa got body, yaddy, yaddy. But I was like, wow, this is this is a look, Issa. And then honorable mention also going out to Molly's black rope chain ensemble when they were at the fashion show i was just like i am obsessed with this also obsessed with yvonne orgy's haircut but we'll get back to that when we get back to that so yeah shout out to shiona torini uh she's a costume designer for insecure i know she was on last season as well i'm not sure she's been with the show since the beginning to be honest i really only know she was on last season because we were doing this show but prior to that i did not know who the costume designer was but yes shiona just turning looks for the girls always always in it uh also the reason why uh amanda seals was in all that aka so yes we love that shiona is doing her job correctly in dressing characters how they're supposed to be dressed so they can portray who they're supposed to be so shout out to her all right so uh joke of the night and then we will get into the big three so joke for me which took me all the way down and there were a couple but that line from molly's mama when she was trying to introduce her to herbert talking about herbert plays the organ and you listen to music like ma'am sweetie 
sister, listen, I know I am single. I know you're worried that your daughter is not, I'm not talking as if I'm Molly Carter. I know that you're worried that I will not find a man, but A, Herbert is not doing it for me. B, sis, he plays the organ and I listen to music. Miss Mamas, that's just lazy. And let's not be lazy with love. We don't need to do that. <laughs> but a very, very funny line. So, yes, that was a joke of the night for me. And then one more thing before we get all the way in. This has nothing to do with Insecure, but technically there's some follow-through because Martin Lawrence Walker, Martin Lawrence, Six Degrees of Separation. Did y'all know that uh, they put all five seasons of Martin on HBO Max? I was not privy to this. I opened up the HBO Max app today, and I was like, oh, shit, Martin's up here, and it's all five seasons. And then I was like, is this new? And then I clicked on it, and all of them said new. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is new. So if you're a Martin head, uh, it's on the Max, on the HBO. It's there for you. I don't know how you mm, – let me not say that. All right, can we talk honestly? Okay, Martin – all right. Oh, I, hate, I shouldn't even do this. I should not even do this because y'all like to drag it. Martin is not my favorite show. I love it. I appreciate it. It's funny. But I, it doesn't hold the same hold on me that it does a lot of you niggas. But I get it. It's a great show. But uh, – I feel like Martin's on all the time. Like, I don't know if I would need to binge Martin because Martin is on TV 24-7, 365, thanks to the black entertainment television. But, again, it's there if you want it. You're welcome. All right, let's start this week's show. So, let's get into the big three. First up, Molly is on some new shit, and I am obsessed with the growth. So, we open up the episode. We have our cult open, and it is moving very quickly from the beginning. Now, I will give you full transparency. I was uh, smacked last night when I was watching last night's episode. So the time lapse felt extra time lapsey. I was like, well, God damn. Like, we are running through these scenes. And I was like, oh, we're supposed to be running through these scenes because we're doing a time lapse. Okay, put the blunt down. So uh, we get our time lapse. Uh, it starts in June. We see Issa's alarm going off and, you know, in the series of the montage. So the first one is in June. The second one where she turns her alarm clock off again is now October. Uh, we see some more life happen. She turns off her alarm clock again, and then now it is February. So after the cold open finishes, we learn that a whole year has passed. And I'm not going to lie, you all. This is about to be fucking me up because I ain't even going to front. Since this pandemic, hell, since before the pandemic, something about just something about getting older you start losing perception of time and not like time, like, is it two o'clock? I don't know what time it is, but like time and like how much time has passed since things have happened because this pandemic has made two weeks feel like two months and two months feel like two years. So um, the fact that, and I shared this last week, that Prentice Penny said they're going to be jumping back and forth in between the story is really going to start fucking with me because I'm not going to remember where we're at plot-wise. And then he also said last night on his IG Live that we jumped forward ahead, but we're going to go back to fill in some of the gaps that happened in between, you know, over, like, that past year. So, yeah, the kid going to need a tutor. I'm definitely going to have to start writing stuff down. Like, this was in present day. This was in the past. This was the year ahead because y'all about to have me confused out here. So listen, you help me, I'll help you. I feel like we're going to have to tag team this together because a bitch is about to be lost. I'm going to need a map. But other than that, uh, yes, um, we see that Molly and Issa are back on the good foot. They're kicking it together. They're spending so much time together, which I just love seeing them. Also, just some TV geeky shit. 
let's just talk shots and you know transitions for a minute so obsessed with that vibrated sound into the electric toothbrush from molly to Issa. i was like okay i love i love when shows do fluid shots like that it just again i'm i'm a tv geeky bitch so i just enjoy those types of things but super dope uh and we just get to see that these two are truly back together and i love it uh so much of this show much like girlfriends reminds me of cyber i meant to say this last week <laughs> when uh what was her name damn the girl that robbed him last week uh somebody y'all y'all know who i'm talking about but uh when cheyenne when cheyenne robbed the girls last week at you know the liquor store definitely made me think about that episode of girlfriends where kelly Rowland was tony's assistant for like a couple of weeks and then basically set her up to get uh robbed that's not funny i'm sorry why am i laughing but she set her up to get robbed and i was just like damn sis like Damn, that's what we're doing. So that made me think of that last week. I meant to tell y'all, but it slipped my mind. Anyway, to the point that I'm actually making. So much of the connection between Molly and Issa remind me of Joan and Tony. And not in the sense that they're similar characters, even though Yvonne Orji and uh, Jill Marie Jones, who play Tony, do look a lot alike. So much of this show... Well, so much of the core of the show is that they are our love story. Like, much like Joan and Tony was the love story on Girlfriends, like, Joan dated all of these guys. Not that they didn't matter, but we all knew as viewers that, like, Joan and Tony, as long as these two are together, all will be right with the world. And the fact that Joan and Tony are not cool, really, really, or at least from what we know as Girlfriends ended. Sorry, I'm not going to stop talking about Girlfriends. But I want my movie, Mara. I want my movie Paramount. Let's not let's not play these games. But back to Insecure. So much like Joan and Tony, and then also much like uh, uh, Big and Carrie on Sex in the City, like Big and Carrie were the love story of that show. I mean, Carrie, you know, she fucked with those other girls in the crew, but like if there was no Big, Sis was not really I. Right. This is how I feel about Joan and Tony and then Molly and Issa. If Issa don't have Molly, if Molly don't have Issa – shit is shit is off like shit ain't it so i love that we got to see them truly be together in this friendship and again these other dudes can come these other friends can go but as long as these two are solid with each other because i truly feel like they're each other's life partners so i'm happy that we got to see them really back on the good foot especially a year later like it really was the selling point of like all right these girls are really back in and I loved it. It's also why when things get a little rough, things get very rough. Because they're too invested. Like, it's so hard to toss a friendship. Or, excuse me, it's so easy to toss a friendship that holds no weight. But if it holds no weight, is it truly a friendship? Hmm. Okay, we're going to circle back to that one one day. But don't even get me started. Listen, this is our love story, and I love it. Because these two have just been in it for too long. They just, they, they've been too strong for too long. And they can't be without each other, baby. Issa's waiting up till Molly gets home. Because she can't sleep without her baby. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. <laughs> but yeah, so like the fact that these two are truly just the core of the show, I'm happy to see them back together. So anyway, moving on. Aside from her and Issa being cool, we see that Molly is slowly trying to get back into the dating game. Uh, we see Molly at her, I, I guess it's her nephew's birthday party. Uh, hence the somebody's auntie shirt, which was so cute. A, I need it. B, I also need one that says someone's Mima because I'm kind of both at the end of the day. But yes, Molly's at her nephew's birthday party. We got Molly's brother and this baby in matching Burberry shirts. And I was just like, okay, niggas, 
I just this show, this show is just so black and just so authentic because what's better than a nigga in a Burberry shirt? A nigga in a Burberry shirt with a baby matching him. Just so on the head. So perfect. So while we're at this party, Molly and her mom are talking. They're catching up about uh, their will. And, you know, I think, was it the deed on the house? Something something very, like, technical, lawyery, Molly's world of business. So in that conversation, we meet Herbert. Shout out to the Herbert Hive. I think I might be in here. You know, I'm not fucking with Lawrence right now. But Herbert, Herbert might be the one. All right, I also don't know if I'm not fucking with Lawrence. I'm just saying that because I just feel like Lawrence is, you know what? Maybe I am not fucking with Lawrence. We got to circle back to that. We'll see after next week. I think next week we're getting a full Lawrence episode, and I think that will really decide where I'm at. But right now, I'm on the seesaw. You know, I'm up and down with Lawrence. I don't know how I feel right now. But back to my nigga Herbert. So he's just out here just, you know, doing the good things, trying to get the kids into Jesus, taking trap songs and remixing them for the Lord. Shout out to Jesus Gang, Jesus Gang, Jesus Gang. Please put it on my title because I need it. <laughs> and clearly Molly's not checking for the kid. But I do think that this has kind of reawakened Molly's interest in the dating space. Again, we didn't really see a whole lot of what happened in this year that they fast forwarded through. But I don't think... Issa or Molly were dating a whole lot in this process. It felt like so much of that was just like, it's girls' time, it's girls' trips, it's girls' hangouts. We're just kicking it with each other. So Molly seems like she's back in the dating pool. Uh, We fast forward a little bit later in the episode, and then we see Molly is getting back on the apps. She opens up the league. She sees that there's 360-something guys that are interested in her, which, I mean... Not to talk too crazy, but if you a baddie, like me and Molly are baddies, you know, if you go off them apps for a minute and you come back, you be like, damn, it's mad messages here. And then you start scrolling through and you're like, oh, there are no messages here. No, thank you. (laughs) But I love that they use this, uh, them showing Molly's old dating profile to show. But I love that they used Molly's old dating profile to show how much she's changed. Because listen. Them old profiles on dating apps be showing you exactly who you were. Like, to the point where you'd be like, oh, my God, I was wilding out like this? Like, I wrote this in my bio? Ooh, honey, delete, delete, delete. Let's get her out of here. So, love that they used that for her. And, yeah, it was just like a nice a nice reset for Molly. The fact that Molly could look at an old dating profile of hers and judge it, you know, from, you know, objectively, I guess, as just like, wow, I was really wilding with this. Really, this show that Molly has grown more than we probably knew prior to this scene. So I love that they put that in there for us, but also for Molly. So, you know, anyway, that is what that is. So fast forward later in the episode, we see Molly on a date with this man. And when I tell you I let out an audible, ooh, last night when this man popped up on the screen in that orange sweater, he was fine, right? He was fine, y'all. I'm not even, I, 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 I got to find that Instagram or something because I was very, very impressed. This build. A beard, a sharp, crisp, you know, lineup. Can you tell it's been a while? Yeah, honey, it's been a while. <laughs> but Molly is embracing the change, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, And shut up. Because I know I said last week, everyone needs to be single. Molly be single. Issa be single. Y'all do the things. But leave me alone, because now we fast forwarded a year. And I feel like now that a year has passed, I feel like maybe my girls... Okay, maybe one of my girls, because, you know, we got to talk about that other one in a second. But maybe one of my girls is ready to be back in the dating pool. And she's embracing the change, and I I really do value it. So, 
yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, Molly seems to be really just on it. She's trying to be on it at work. She was volunteering to do these projects. Uh, she's trying to be on it with the dating stuff. And she's trying to be on it with the friendship. So I really, I, I think I'm, I'm fucking with where Molly is going this season. I'm very excited to see how this is going to play out. And yeah, good for Molly. Good for Molly Carter. My girl. See how niggas flip-flop so much? Last season it was, we're going to beat the shit out of Molly. And now it's, yes, girl, go forth. Do it, queen. We stand. <laughs> so yes, that's what's going on in Mollyville. Let's hop right on over to our good sis, Issa, who is also, again, same energy as Molly. Just trying to be on that work shit. That boss shit. Block is popping. Keeping in mind that it's a year later. Block is doing solid numbers on Instagram. 10K followers. Sis is doing it, right? We see that East is working with the woman that was on the panel from the Stanford reunion last week, which, again, is now a year ago. But the connect is still strong. We see East and her still working together. Super dope. Uh, I don't remember if this white guy, Seth, the, the guy that we saw throughout the whole episode, I don't know if he was on the panel last week. I don't remember him, but, you know, sometimes the less melanated you are, you know, the less my brain processes. So I don't remember, okay? This is a very black show with a lot of black people, so I don't recall. But um, I don't think he was. But it was good to see that Issa and the girl from Stanford were still, you know, solid in that connect. Because we're networking. We're working, okay? We're doing the thing. So I love that. Also, I think as we watch this season, it's important to keep in mind. I, I mean, we all know that it's the last season. But I think just kind of thinking about it being the last season kind of puts a lot of more stuff in perspective. And it's nice that we get to see Issa really be on her shit because Issa in our day has had many of jobs. You know, we got y'all. Sis was okay at, <laughs> like, I won't say great, but I won't say terrible. Then we have her being the Lyft driver, which, you know, ended how that ended. We got Issa being the fucking building manager for the apartments. Now that was a hot ass fucking mess. So I think this is the first time we really get to see Issa in a job that she's good at and actually thriving which is just so refreshing because, you know, I feel like Issa is all of our friends or all of our friend in our heads. And how long can you watch a friend struggle? Like, come on, girl, please, let's get it together. So I'm happy that Issa is getting it together in one aspect of her life. So she's walking into Molly's house and taking business calls with Nathan. And it's just looking really good for our girls, looking really, really solid. Issa is on her boss shit. So... After she meets with Seth, uh, she gets some notes from him. She then delivers those notes to Crenshaw. And the notes that Crenshaw get, he ain't trying to hear, which totally get. Like, I got his stance completely because, A, real nigga shit. B, creative. And it's just like, yo, like, this is my art. This is what I want to do. This is what I've envisioned. If I can't do it like this, I truly don't want to do it, which, again, as a creative, that's such a tug of war that, like, I think so many of us that are can relate to. Hell, not even a creative, just as a person. Like, sometimes you're like, yo, like, I want this to happen like this. And when things don't begin to happen the way that you envision, you're just like, all right, I got to refigure this out. I got to shuffle this deck again. So um, I love that Crenshaw was so solid in his stance. But I also feel where Issa was coming from on complying with the notes. Because, again, we're trying to do big boss shit. We're trying to do... We're trying to level up. We're trying to do big money. So sometimes when you're doing big money, you know, you got to take big notes. So I totally, totally, totally got all of that. I do want to take a knowledge, though, a knowledge. I do want to take a moment to acknowledge Ralph Angel 
somebody. Ralph Angel leaning into that Crenshaw energy. Now listen, I'm a tea drinker normally, but I wouldn't mind a cup of coffee because woo, 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 woo. But that's it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna leave that right there. Cause my best friend Asha, she got a thing for Kofi Sirabo, and I don't, I don't poach on my friend's man. But Kofi, Kofi, Kofi. Okay, all right. <laughs> so we get to the event, and things are looking solid. You know, they're setting up. Things are looking good. Molly walks in with this look that I was obsessed with. This all black outfit. The rope chain is sick. Ning again. Shout out to Shiona. Just turn the looks for the girls. We love it. So Koya comes up to Issa and gives me my second favorite line of the night, which was, "Hey." Krishan just got here, but why X-Con's got to be so fine? I mean, lock me up and send me to his jail. When I tell you I was so weak, because <laughs> if you know, you know. And I told y'all this last season, but just as a reminder, and then also for those that are new, I have an alter ego named Gwendolyn, and Gwendolyn is a 67. Uh, Gwendolyn, Gwen has been 67 for some time now. Gwen might be like 68, 69. Ooh, what if Gwen is 69 and going through her freaky grandma hoe phase? All right, sorry. That's a whole other story for another time. But Gwendolyn is the old woman that lives inside of me. She is the Meemaw. And because of that, I be watching the news every day. 12 o'clock news, 5 o'clock news, 6 o'clock news, 11 o'clock news. I'm old. Whatever. But... <laughs> Many of times I'm sitting in front of this TV watching Eyewitness News and the newscast will be like, a 29-year-old man accused of knocking an old woman out, robbing three banks, and shooting a man in a corner store. And I'll be sitting here with my robe and my cup of tea like, gross, disgusting, I'm here for abolition, but lock his ass up, because that's crazy. Baby, then they put up that wanted poster and I'd be like, damn, this nigga's fine. Okay, let's hear him out first. Let's hear him out, you all. Maybe this is just a big misunderstanding. Maybe that old lady tried him. Okay, maybe he robbed the bank because he's trying to feed his kids. We don't know his life, you all. <laughs> Sometimes them ex-cons and the people on the run be looking fine, child. So, mm. but I understand, Koya. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but shout out to the actor that plays Koya uh, by the name of Courtney Taylor. Sis be killing it in every single scene. Like, every time I see Koya on screen, I be cracking up. So, shout out to her. Yo, even the part where she was like, yeah, you know, my roommate, her man be fucking so loud. And my mom is my roommate. And her man is my daddy. <laughs> Girl, what? 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 So, not your roommate, your mama. Then she gonna put that fucking, them two waffles in that Ziploc bag. With, just funny. Just Koya deserves more. Koya is what I need in my life is sin. It's me and Koya Ben. Me and Koya Ben. All right. So, also in that scene, we got to see a... Oh, sorry. These fucking sirens. Welcome to New York City. Okay? Just give me a minute. This is so fucking ghetto. Then we get to see a cameo from one of my new favorite characters, which I did not even know was one of my new favorite characters. That... Uh, news anchor that don't really work with a news network, but be walking around with a camera and a microphone for her YouTube channel. <laughs> Yo, I feel y'all remind me. Uh, I'm talking specifically now to Awkward Black Girl Hive. Hey, y'all, ABG in the building. Um, was this woman on Awkward Black Girl? I feel like her face looks so familiar, but I cannot pinpoint where I know her from. I want to say she was, but I can't remember. Somebody let me know because you know, please let me know because I can't, I can't recall. Uh, but yeah, so I just love seeing this character. Like she is just, you know, she's, she's the joy I didn't know I needed. So shout out to, uh, damn, I wish I knew her name, but shout out to her. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And then also 
which made me think of our other favorite recurring character on Insecure. Um, Issa, I know you're not going to play in our faces. So I'm not even going I'm not even going I'm not even going to do all of this right now, but you know we're waiting for Thug Yoda, okay? I know he's going to pop up. I don't know how, I don't know where, but if we I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say if we go this whole season without seeing Thug Yoda, I'm going to have to come to Bompton myself. Issa don't live in Bompton, but you get my point. But I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm waiting. I just need a. I, I, I need more than like a cameo. Like I need. I need a uh, Thug Yoda to have like a full little moment. Cause this is it. Oh. Oh. Do you know what I just thought about? Oh my goodness. So Issa signed this deal with HBO, right? Well, she signed many deals, but there's like one deal she signed recently, which I think has her in a contract for like four or five years or something. What if we get a Thug Yoda spinoff? I know you all have been asking. We've also been asking. Me, I've been asking for the Kelly spinoff. That's not happening. Prentice has made it very clear. Natasha does not even work at HBO anymore. So we're not getting a Kelly spinoff. That's not happening. But a Thug Yoda spinoff might be fire. I'm not even going to hold you. I would like to see that. All right, Issa, make it happen, okay? We're waiting. Thug Yoda, a spinoff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, anyway, back to the show. So, Crenshaw is backstage with the entire cast of Stomp just banging on them drums. All of Inglewood is on lowrider bikes. Issa is about to lose her shit. Crenshaw is like, listen, fuck them notes because keeping it gangster. Do not give a fuck about what them execs had to say, which I respected from a creative standpoint. But, again, from the business side, I was like, oh, fuck. This might not end too well. But in my mind... Even when that scene was playing out, I was like, yo, the white people are going to eat this shit up. They're going to eat it the fuck up and Issa's going to look stupid. And lo and behold, when it all hit the fan, that's exactly how it played out. But that's how shit like this always plays out. But we'll get into that a little bit more in like a minute. But before we get there, sidebar, Issa, Prentice, Amy, Writer's Room, everybody at HBO. Was this a light jab at Kanye? When I was watching, I was like, this is feeling a little Kanye-esque. It's feeling a little creative genius that be wilding sometimes, but still has art that is received very well. I don't know. What do you think? I, I was getting Kanye-esque vibes from it, but I wasn't really sure. So, anyway, y'all let me know what's on your mind. But the actual fashion show, though, was so dope. Shout out again. Drinking game for this episode is clearly Shiona Torini. That's the word, because... Shiona really held it down. Uh, if you watch the wind down, she talked about collaborating with Pierre Morris and Kirby. And all of the looks in the fashion show were all original looks created by those two. So, super, super dope. Also, I've been seeing so many people talk about the wind down or lack of finding it. Y'all, the wind down is on HBO Max right after the episode. So, if you watch it on, on Max, don't bootleg it. The girl needs the numbers. Um, if you watch it on Max, if you just hit, like, I think it's the down button or it's, like, extras, it gives you the wind down, the recap for the last episode, and then, like, the preview for next week, and then also the Insecurity podcast. So, shout out to Crystal and Fran. Actually, on the platform, I said, oh, now, wait a minute now. Bitch, a little shook. Before, I was like, are we all playing a moderately fair game? Okay, not really. Crystal and Fran get the episodes of Insecure, like, weeks in advance. So the girls are very, very much ahead of the rest of us doing recap shows. But at least I was like, okay, we all in the same playing field. 
I opened up the app today. I was like, uh, insecurity. Oh, shit. But good for them. Good for them now. Get into the bag. I love it. Uh, but yes. So what am I even talking about? Where are we at in this story? Oh, yes. The wind down. Thank you. <laughs> so the wind down is on HBO Max. I think also I haven't watched Insecure on the actual network in a minute because cord cutter. Who's paying for cable? But yes, if you watch it on the actual network, I think it just comes on right after the show you all. So the wind down is there. Look for it. I think it's also on YouTube. It's many places you can find it. So Yes, look around, people. Look around. It's a nice it's a nice way to end the show if you're really into recap and talking about the show, which I assume you are because you're here. So, yes, get into the wind down. It's a good time. So, back into the actual episode. So, Issa is shitting bricks that Crenshaw did not apply the notes, but it works out well. Seth comes up to Issa and sings Crenshaw's praises. You can tell Issa was excited that the feedback was good, but, like, Deep deep down inside, you could also tell that Issa kind of felt bad for Crenshaw. She also said this on the wind down last night. But, like, I would have – I get – and, again, like I said earlier, I get Issa's stance. I get Crenshaw's stance. But I would have really also felt bad being in Issa's shoes. Because, like, let's really break this down. Being the mouthpiece sometimes for a white person when it comes to black things especially black art and black creativity can be so difficult because like you as the black mouthpiece get the vision you fuck with the vision you understand why all these things are in place but then still trying to hold down your job or your partners or whoever is backing you financially you're like okay but they don't really get why this is and part of Issa could have been like, well, no, let me explain to you. And I think she kind of did. I think she was kind of like, well, let me explain to you why this is relevant and important for this specific, you know, moment. And then Seth was just still not hearing it. So the fact that Issa fought back against it to tell Crenshaw that it wasn't going to be a thing, only for Crenshaw to still go and do it and then have Seth sing his praises, I think really had Issa all the way fucked up. Because Issa knew, like, Issa knew the importance of the drummers, the importance of the low-ride bikes. Like, it really felt... Like LA, especially black LA. And I think that's really what they were going for. So, yeah, I felt bad for Issa. I think Issa also felt bad for Issa, but we'll circle back to that in like 55 seconds. Because Issa knew how important all of that stuff was. And see, see, you all, the thing is, people in power for things like this are normally white and don't be fucking with the vision, but then they see it and be like, ah, amazing. We love it. So innovating. So original. Where have you been hiding this at? Bitch, we were never hiding it. It's always been here. You just never wanted it. So, of course, of course, of course, Seth loved it, which just really ate me up because I was like, damn, like, because now Issa looks ridiculous. Crenshaw is looking at her like, I told you this shit was going to work. Now Issa's sitting there with the IE ass face. Crenshaw is looking at her like, dummy, I told you this was going to work. And now Issa looks like the ops because of Seth's whack-ass notes. All I know is Issa better not get no pushback because of this. Because I feel like I feel like this is about to blow up in Issa's face. Somehow she's going to get the, the fall of this or get worked out of the deal somehow. And y'all better not do my sis dirty. Because I, y'all better not do my sis dirty. So after that, Issa is in her bag. And what does she do? What does she do? She says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm a text Nansford. I'm a text Nansford because that is a good idea. But before we get into that mess, let's pop back up to the beginning of the episode. Issa and Nathan are clearly still homies, or so we think. She's at the shop encouraging them to level up and move into a bigger space when sis that works at the shop walks in with a bowl of pineapples and grapes. And I said, wow. 
Wow, look at me right on screen. Because when I tell you that I stay with a bowl of pineapples, not grapes too much anymore. I used to be really into grapes, but a bowl of pineapples and or a bowl of strawberries. I was like, wow, we see each other, sis. We see each other. So yeah, so they're talking, they're vibing, they go out to dinner later that night. And they're at this restaurant where they do what a lot of restaurants do and put them candles on the table after like 7 p.m. And they'd be like, bitch, I'm with my best friends. Like the three of us are sitting here kicking it, eating tacos at wherever we at. <laughs> like we don't need no fancy candlelit dinner. But, you know, they put the things out. They do the things. And I think in this moment is when it registers for Issa. Like, oh, this is this could be kind of cute. And she even asked Nathan in that moment. Like, oh, it's like, what you doing later tonight? He's like, oh, I got plans downtown. And I'm like, what kind of plans? And we all know what kind of plans Nathan had on a Friday night, y'all. But I think in that moment, Issa really was trying to, like, begin to move into the energy we see her at at the end of the episode. Because also, she sees those two people kissing in the restaurant. The candlelight is lit. It's feeling very, I want to be your man. I want to be your man. She's ready. She's ready for Nathan to take it down. Or so she thinks. So whatever, they end up not doing anything that night. Fast forward to after the blog party. The blog party. Child, I'm still in season four. Fast forward to after the fashion show. And she texts Nansford to come over. They're sitting on her balcony. They're chilling. And sis is just getting the haunting of the 26th letter. Just Z's all the way. Miss Mamas is knocked out. And Nathan's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave. She invites him to spend the night. And in this moment, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. To quote Mr. Omar from Everybody Hates Chris, tragic, Mr. Julius, tragic, 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 tragic. I knew that this was not going to end well, not in the way that it ended. I was just like, oh, she's not ready to be in this headspace. But then I had to remind myself, okay, it's been a year. Maybe sis has, you know, moved on from Lawrence. But they begin to make out and then boom. Next thing we know, it's Waterworks, and it's not from Issa being wet, child. She is she is bawling in Nathan's arms ooh, and his mouth, which, ooh, nobody want to taste some salty tears, sis. Please keep that over there. And she hits him with the, I'm sorry, I thought I was ready. And sis is cracked. It's just Waterworks, and she is just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing like she was in Molly's lap in season one. On that bouch, child. Just not looking good for Issa. And I think this is the most raw we've ever seen Issa be with a guy. You know? Let me think before I really leave that sentence all out there like that. I mean, we've seen her be very raw with Lawrence before. Um, but also, like, her and Lawrence were together for, like, five or six years. So, like, that was her man-man. So, like, her being super raw with him makes sense. But, like, she was never this raw with Daniel or Nathan or, well, I guess that's it. I mean, it's like TSA, babe. But, like, that wasn't really, that was just some fucking around. That was just some dick on the side. And I don't think Issa has had any other love interests. Mm, not that I can think of right now. And if I can't think of them, they probably weren't that important. So, I think it's the most raw we've ever seen her be with a guy. Especially in this capacity. Just to be so open and so raw. Just to be, like. I thought I was ready because can we talk like because so many of us will break up with the person and be like I'm good I'm chilling I'm back on my whole shit or I'm good I'm chilling I'm focusing on me and then as soon as you get ready to start moving into that next relationship or situationship or hell even just some fucking 
you will really, really realize very quickly, like, oh, bitch, I am not prepared for this. And that's what we saw last night. I think the emotions also might have been a little bit more all over the place. Because remember, A, we're going off of what happened earlier at the fashion show and that whole energy being a little off for her. And in moments like that is where you truly realize, like, oh, Miss Mamas, I am not ready. And that's okay. And that's really okay. But I, it was, it was an interesting twist. I'll be honest. When they started making out, I did not think that it was going to end in tears. I mean, maybe tears of passion and joy, honey, but not, not full sobbing in this man's mouth. So I like the rawness of Issa. And I, I don't know if she was more raw because, or rawer, if that's a word, uh, if she was so vulnerable with Nathan because this was someone that she had been with before, or if she was just so vulnerable because she just could not hold it in anymore. So yeah, yeah, that was uh that was a little rough to watch. It really did kind of sh- like strike a chord in me. But I'll save this point for a second. My main question to you all is, are we mad at Nathan for dipping? Cuz I saw a lot of people last night really being like Nathan was fucked up for that. He should never left her as a friend, blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Listen, you all. Yes, I get it that these two are friends or were friends, but like the fact that Issa is still so broken up about what I'm assuming is Lawrence, again, a whole year has passed, so we don't really know what has happened in this year gap, but the fact that Issa is so still fragile from something, as a friend, I get why people were like, yo, he should have stayed, he should have held her down, blah, 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 but like, it's not, It's this is not Molly, this is not Tiffany, this is not Kelly, like, this is not someone that really needs to be her rock in this moment, because again, they have history, Nathan and Issa, it's very clear that these two cannot be friends because I don't know about y'all. I don't be fucking my friends. Listen, what Molly said, again, look at us coming full circle with Miss Molly Carter because a lot of things that Molly said last season, I was not agreeing with. But when she said, well, she said, I can't be friends with someone if I know what their dick looks like. Well, I can't say that exactly. But <laughs> what I can say is, is like, once you've been intimate with someone, that friendship shit, I won't say it's completely gone, but it takes a long time to get back to that. And sometimes you never get back to it. Sorry, let me not even say back to it. Because sometimes the real gag is you two were never friends. Y'all were just fucking and then y'all started to fall in love and then y'all became a thing. But like friendship is very few people, I believe, that are friends with someone first and then start dating and then, you know, get all of their emotions involved. A lot of us just see a cute face, a big button, a smile. And we'd be like, oh, look at Raleek. He mad cute. I'm going to talk to him. But you don't know nothing about Raleek. Y'all don't have no interest in common. You just like the dick. But I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So, yeah. But these two actually did have a real friendship. Issa and uh, I was going to call him Nanceford. Nanceford really did have a real friendship. So, again, I was not mad at him for dipping. Because, again, clearly at this point, we can't even really be friends. Because your emotions are all over the place. And I don't think. I don't think it's best for us to be in this capacity with each other because now we can't even really be friends because your emotions are so all over the place that I kind of got to just, I got to, I got to bail. And it sounds fucked up to say, but like, I got to bail. So I was not mad at Nathan for dipping. What I am wondering though, did Issa have this breakdown because something that happened between her and Lawrence and this baby. Because remember you all, we're now a year ahead. So Lawrence, Lawrence, Condola definitely doesn't have this baby by now. 
And we know that Lawrence moves back to L.A. after being in San Francisco. Again, not sure on the production, production, not sure on the insecure timeline where that happens at. But I'm thinking maybe, maybe something happened with Lawrence that we did not see yet with him and the baby. And I don't know. I don't know. But that breakdown felt like a lot after a full year of I'm good. I'm chilling. I've been with my girl. I'm back on a good foot. That breakdown feels a little more like something else is happening that we don't know about. So, yeah. Where is that at? I don't know. But we... We'll see. And that's where we leave off for this week's episode, you all. That is it. So thank you so much for joining us. So remember, we're here every Monday right here on He Got Y'all. Let me know what's on your mind. Tweet me at He Got Y'all. And remember, you can find the show on almost all platforms except SoundCloud. Remember, we're not on SoundCloud, you all. I literally just uh, canceled my membership today because I was paying those girls monthly, even when the show wasn't on to keep the episodes up. And I was like, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. We are spending money, and we're not making money. So this is not making any sense. So we had to get out of there. But you can find the show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. Also, if you listen to the show on Spotify, I know a lot of you listen on Apple Podcasts. I see the the, the numbers. But if you do listen on Spotify, we're going to start doing weekly polls. We did one last week, but I forgot to tell you all. But we're going to just do like a little insecure poll every week. And the poll for this week is... Are we mad at Nathan for, I don't want to say ghosting, because I think that's going to trigger y'all into, like, season three shit. Are we mad at Nathan for not standing by Issa's side in her time of help? That is the question for the week. So if you go on Spotify, answer the question. Let me know what you think. Give you the answers next week, and we'll do what we do. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. Got two quick special shout-outs this week. One going out to Barry from Pods and Color. Barry does a whole black i think it's only black podcast but it's a whole black podcast database so if you're looking for a particular show for a particular thing barry will hold you down if you're like you know what i want a new show about like a girl that does food tasting and traveling so shout out to barry at podcastandcolor.com she says she learned something here which i appreciate because this is is what we're here for you know we're just trying to get into our favorite show get into all of the weeds all of the details all of the tea of the show so i appreciate that and then also shout out to yaya rights who tweeted me earlier today i was actually on the train child i had to go to best buy and get a card reader for this new sound recorder i got which is why this episode is so late but i was on the train on my way back to tape the show She tweeted, after work, I'm listening to Crystal and Fran recap Insecurity and Hey Malcolm recap He Got Y'all. I enjoy these podcasts as much as the show. Oh my God. Thank you, Yaya. I appreciate it, girl. That's so nice. That is so nice. Oh no, this was actually, I'm not going to hold y'all. This was like a really like, I was like, look at me being mentioned with my faves. Because when I tell you I am obsessed with the read, it is one of my favorite, the weed, the the weed. (laughs) Between the weed and the read, child, that gets me through every week. Also got mad love for the friend zone. So good. So, yes, to be mentioned in a tweet with Crystal and Fran, I was like, wow, look at me being a real podcaster. This is crazy. (laughs) So, yes, thank you so much for that. Love you all. And thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, It does not go unnoticed. I'm so grateful. I'm so appreciative. And I thank you for that. So, next week, looking forward to the episode. Lawrence is going to be out in San Fran. It looks like we might be getting a full Lawrence episode. I know the Lawrence Hive is probably very happy, child. I don't know why Lawrence is dating when he got this new baby at home. He needs to be focused on getting Pampers and Similac and all that other stuff. But whatever. We will talk. And then after next week, 
which will be episode three, we'll have a bevy of episodes left. Do you see what I did there? If you did it, go back, watch the episode. You'll catch it. All right, beautiful people. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. If you enjoyed what you heard this week, tell your friend, tell your cousin, tell your mama. You know, hit us, give us a, a good little retweet. Let your people know that we are over here doing the talks about Insecure. And that's it. So we will talk next week right here on He Got Y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>